Well, hello again, and welcome to A Year Ago Today. I'm your friendly neighborhood sound engineer, Alex, back again for this week's intro. In this week's episode, Tyla is talking with Julia Kamita, a Brooklyn-based beauty and concept photographer about long-term romantic partnerships. Such partnerships come with a plethora of joyous aspects, but as you'll hear, it's not always skee-ball and tequila. Tyla and Julie address the many challenges you face and wax on the importance of maintaining your individuality. You can find out more about Julia by visiting her website and following her on Instagram. Both links will be conveniently listed for you in the show notes. If you like this episode, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, share this episode with all of your friends, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Year Ago Podcast. If you've got any anniversaries coming up you'd like to reflect on with Tyla, please be sure to send us an email. We're at a year ago podcast at gmail.com. Everybody. Hi, Julia. Hi. <laughs> I'm sitting here on my couch with Julia Kamita, and you are only the third person that I've done an in-person recording with. Oh, wow. So this is like That's a cool. new, fun, interactive thing. I like it. It's way different than doing it over the phone. Right. I can imagine. So for everybody out there listening, I hopefully will have recorded an intro to tell you all about who Julia is, and I'm just going to tell you how I know her through our mutual friend, Brianna Posner, who has been a guest on the podcast before. I will put a link to her episode in the show notes if you want to go listen to that. It was all about seeing a play that she wrote, performed for the first time um, on stage and it was a really beautiful look at like the creative process and what it's like to release your work into the world and have very little control after after you do that. It was a great conversation. Anyway, she Brianna always hosts these beautiful new moon gatherings and Julie and I met I think we were just sitting next to each other one time. I think that's right. We were sitting next to each other. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then connected and then have just kept connecting since then yep. and love each other very much. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here with Julia and we're talking today about an anniversary in her life. So we're going to, is there anything you want to say to the people before we start? I've never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm just excited to see what unfolds. Yay, me too. <laughs> okay, so close your eyes. And just take a few long, slow, deep breaths and allow your awareness to travel back to four years ago today. Allow the feelings from that time to really become present in your physical body. another deep breath and open up to them even more. And when you're feeling really grounded in what's present, share with me in one word how you're feeling. 
Um, definitely curious and also a little surprised. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Now you can open your eyes and tell everybody what was going on four years ago today. So four years ago today uh, was the first pseudo date I had with my uh, boyfriend and partner and person that I've been sharing a home with for the last three and a half years. Um, we had met six months prior, uh, because we have mutual friends and I was dating somebody stupid and <laughs> had had a series of obnoxious, short, like, okay, Cupid relationships, if you want to call them that. I don't <laughs> even know what I would call them. Um, um, but I was dating one of those people at the time and I was not really looking, um, and I heard he was interested in me and I was like not interested at all and he just kind of kept inserting himself into my life. <laughs> um, he showed up to events that no one else showed up to. He signed up for a program I was coaching, which I thought was really endearing at the time. <laughs> um, and I guess all of that um, was slowly working on me. Um, because, yeah, four years ago, we wound up unintentionally on a date. Um, How does that happen, unintentionally? Well, he, I, <laughs> I had thrown this event to raise money for something and expected a really big turnout, and it was, like, wildly unsuccessful, and he was one of like 10 people that showed up to this thing. Um, and so afterwards, after it was over, it was such a failure. Um, I was just like, well, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out and forget all my troubles and how terrible this was and embarrassing. Um, and I invited him to come with me. And I'm sure I invited a couple of other people as well. But um, he was the last man standing, you know, we wound up there like together, basically, um, playing, what's the, what's the, um, game where you throw the ball into the rings? Uh, ski ball? Ski ball. Yes. I love ski we ball. We wound up playing ski ball at like two in the morning, like taking shots of tequila and yeah, one thing led to another and then we started dating after that. So, it's <laughs> the short version. <laughs> um, do we feel comfortable using his name in this recording, or would you like him to remain nameless? Um, we could use his first name. Okay. Yes, his mm -hmm. name's Javier. Um, and a funny side note, um, his last name starts with C, and I dated another Javier C right before him, <laughs> and I kind of felt like after we started dating that maybe intuitively I knew I was supposed to be with him, and I, like, mm. steered myself to the wrong one first. <laughs> yeah, you manifested, like, one version. Right. Well, you want to know something hilarious. What? So, the interesting thing is that Matt, that just has moved out, who I was with for five years is like the third or fourth, I mean, if you count my fifth grade boyfriend, Matt Langford, <laughs> he's the fourth Matt yeah. that I've been in a relationship with. And three of the relationships with men named Matt were like serious long-term 
relationships. So that's really interesting to me, that mm-hmm. idea of, like, I manifested someone with the same name. It's funny because I was at improv camp <laughs> this last weekend, and there was there were a couple guys named Matt there, and I was like, I got to stay away. Yeah. <laughs> I got to stay away from those guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting how that happens. I I do think that Matt is a more common name than yeah. Javier. <laughs> That's true. Well, it depends where you are in the world. That's true. It depends where you are. I guess I should say in America. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. So you said curious and surprised. Can you tell me a little bit more about where those two feelings are coming from for you when you feel back into four years ago? Yeah. So I was surprised feeling because I had definitely written him off. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, I guess I feel kind of bad about that now, but I was just not, (laughs) (laughs) I was just not engaged, uh, with the idea. Javi, um, was a very different type for me. Um, and I've dated across the spectrum, but there was, he's just different than somebody I like quote unquote would date or would be into. So when we wound up hooking up, I was just, I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't expect that. You know, (laughs) I just didn't. Yeah. Surprise. Um, and I was surprised at how comfortable I felt around him, um, which I did not anticipate. I was surprised how easy it felt. Um, like when I opened up to the possibility of spending that kind of time with him. Um, and then I think because of the surprise, I, I was very curious because I was so not expecting it, um, at all that it made me wonder why, you know, like what's underneath that? What, what does this mean? Where could this go? Like, I just had had so many bad experiences with dating the previous, like, two years um, here in New York that I was so over it. I'd actually made a commitment um, after Javi won. (laughs) I called him Javi 1 and 2. After me and Javi 1, like, parted ways, it was probably six weeks before me and Javi 2 got together, I made a very serious commitment to myself, like, not to date and to, like, date myself. And I engaged in a very ritual uh, 20-minute pranayama, um, like, meditation practice every single day. Pranayama is about breathing for anybody who doesn't know, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was really intense um, 20 minutes of breath work um, and meditation. And I did it every single day. Um without fail early in the morning, pretty much up till this day. And it, it really reset my foundation. From the time you were done with Javi 1 until yes. the day that you hooked up with Javi 2, yes. you were doing this meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Every day. I did not miss a morning mm-hmm. every single day. And um, I, I think I was feeling so confused after, like, the string of weird, short, like, half committed mini relationships I had been in that, uh, I wanted to just 
just ground myself and come back to my center and, you know, have that feeling again of like, who am I here? Like, what am I doing? What do I want? Um, but that was definitely settling a lot. Um, oh, yeah, Julia. and making a lot of, <laughs> a lot of really, in retrospect, like, silly sacrifices for these men who were not available, really, and not ready, and not mature. Um, so... Why did we do that? I don't know. Why did we do that? <laughs> it's so interesting. I mean, because you're speaking to my current reality. You know, except I'm not doing the breathing every morning because I'm still in that state where I like wake up and I'm like, I don't even want to be alive. The thought of doing a meditation right now. (laughs) You're in a very different situation than I was in. I had not, no real attachment to these people. Mm -hmm. However, the part about like, I need to ground in, I need to figure out who the fuck I am and what I want and stop and also begin to identify. This is the part that feels really similar to identify all the ways in which I've been settling. Mm. and make a commitment to no longer settle in those ways. Mm-hmm. Was that a conscious commitment that you made before this new love affair with Javi 2 began? This, like, commitment to not settle? I don't think it was that conscious. Mm-hmm. I just, I was so lost and so unhappy um, mm. that I knew I needed to engage in some type of very serious and regular form of self-care and this was the only way I really knew how to do that and it worked you know mm-hmm. so yeah I don't think it was that I wasn't being that specific I just knew I needed I needed to do something because yeah. I was my whole foundation was upside down so mm-hmm. I um had a tendency to attach really quickly to the to the people I was dating and get so wrapped up in who they were um, that I would, I just forgot like what I was doing or who I was, you know? So Mm -hmm. I don't feel that way with Javi. It's very different. Um, but in retrospect, I don't think I was coming from a grounded place at all when I was dating back then, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. How was the unfolding after that? initial night together was it like you had that night and then went from zero to 60 in terms of your feelings for one another or was it a slow burn oh it was fast um it was fast and I actually had to check myself because that is not an uncommon thing for me um fall hard fall fast yes and I have not had I mean this is my longest relationship to date my only other relationship that's that lasted like any more than six months was when I was in college and that was like two and a half years. So I I haven't really, it's not like I've had a series of long-term partnerships. I just happen to like really quickly fall for anybody who I'm even dating, you know, if I have any interest in them at all and we're sleeping together or whatever, it's just like, hi, like you're the best thing ever. Um, (laughs) which I think on one hand is really great. Like it's nice to have that ability to fall in love really quickly Yeah, because I think for some people who are a lot more guarded, that can have a negative effect. Right. You know, but it is interesting to try to find that balance. Right. Um, yeah, I definitely think there's something positive about being like 
that open. And I, I just always tried to see, like, the best in everybody and, like, the potential for things. Um, Wait, remind me of your sign. Scorpio. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't healthy. <laughs> yeah, so historically... Um, I always felt really fast for people and things move very quickly with Javi. Um, so basically like, I don't know, within like three weeks, I think of us dating, he, he like asked me to be his girlfriend, which I thought was really cute. Um, and it was nice because I had not been getting that from the other people I was dating. I was getting this like very wishy-washy commitment thing. Um, like, Oh, I want to be exclusive, but I don't want to be dating you and I'm like what does that even mean like I I, I don't even know um <laughs> so to have somebody you know value me enough to say like I really care about you will you be my girlfriend like I'm looking for this type of committed partnership which is what I was looking for at the time like I was not interested in dating around um I just happened to not be dating people who were interested in the same thing um so I, you know, I excitedly and tentatively said yes, um, and things just, I mean, I met his whole family uh, two months later. I wound up going on vacation with them, which is also, that's fast, but it happened to be, like, they don't do that very often. He has a very big family, and they happened to be going on this vacation, and they generously invited me. Um, so I went, and then... Yeah, his his parents loved to travel, and so they came to visit my family in California in December, so six months. And at that point, we were living together, which I have never lived with anybody before that. And that was sort of, at the time, circumstantial, because he was having a hard time finding a place to live. Um, his lease was up, and it just he just wasn't finding anything, and he suggested it. And I was like, well, we've been dating for six months, and you you want to move in here like I don't know if that's a good idea but I said okay and I mean yeah I mean it's just been ever since mm -hmm. but I think um because things did move so quickly for us emotionally in the beginning it took us longer to get into the more like grounded reality like heavy lifting type stuff mm. you know that like maybe if people who take more time I don't know maybe they have those experiences sooner but we were like in honeymoon for like two years you know mm. like before like we really had to face anything substantial so mm -hmm. that's a long time to be in a honeymoon two years yeah it was a long honeymoon that's nice <laughs> yeah it was nice we always got along really easily I think that's also what made it like feel okay to like move at the speed we were moving in he always made me feel really safe mm -hmm. so even though I was trying to be cautious around that um I was like okay he's like a really loyal person um and we had a lot of mutual friends so it's not like I didn't know who he was in that way you know um so yeah mm. well now I want to hear about the heavy lifting because here's the, I'll give you more context for why I ask. I think that for anyone who hasn't been in a serious long-term relationship, 
there can be this perception that it's like kind of an easy thing and there are parts that are easy most definitely and parts that are wonderful however the the parts that are heavy lifting are no joke and it's interesting because I feel like Matt and I got into the heavy lifting very early on in our relationship and have consistently been doing that deep emotional work together up until a point where now we need to be doing that emotional work apart from each other. Um, so I guess I just would love to give anyone listening some ideas about what we mean when we say heavy lifting and the kind of challenges that you've encountered together as you have worked to be in partnership with this person? Um, so the biggest ongoing thing uh, that we've had to face that's manifested in many ways um, for us is that he is a very outgoing person who up until a couple of years ago had a pretty uh, laid back, easy life whose family got along really well. It was very, like, I idyllic, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and in that way, we came from different... We just came from different backgrounds. That's not my family um, at all. Uh, I have battled with anxiety and low-grade depression for years. Um, he doesn't understand that. Um, so... In his world, again, up until a couple years ago when something happened that I'll, I'll mention in a minute, um, he kind of was living in a, I don't want to say false reality, but a very rosy reality. Um, so my family experienced a lot of trauma when I was growing up, and in addition to that, um, there are small, I have a small family, and I have a very um, like stoic family. So, like, the kind of family that doesn't really say I love you, doesn't really joke too much about things, like, is liberal and, like, leftist and um, very, like, I come from a science and arts background, um, so it's not, like, a super conservative family necessarily, but just, like, emotionally conservative. Um, and I'm sure that's contributed to a lot of the, you know, the anxieties and things I have had to deal with, um, the last, well, pretty much my whole life, but definitely the last, like, 15 years. Yeah. Um. The last every minute since yeah. I was born. <laughs> <laughs> um, and his, he, I mean, he, I grew up in California, he grew up in Texas, like, everybody's very friendly in the South, he's Latin, his family's huge, um, and, you know, they spend a lot of time together, like, I mean, his whole extended family, they're all down there. Um, my family is very spread out. Um, so, yeah, he just grew up in this really, like, laid-back atmosphere. He's a musician. Like, he's got that musician vibe of, like, everything's cool. Like, let's drink a beer and, like, jam, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, very high-strung. Yeah. So, especially compared to that. Um so we have definitely done a lot of work around understanding each other's differences and accepting them. Um, and that, you know, accepting that like for him, for example, he had to come to terms with the fact that I'm 
probably, I mean, maybe I'll change, but I'm potentially always going to be somebody who's anxious around new people, doesn't necessarily like big groups, like, um, just is very emotionally sensitive to anything, um, lots of things that are very different from him. Um, I have a very sensitive body chemistry as well, so things like alcohol and sleep and food impact me, like, 20 times more than they would impact him, um, and he'll never understand that, really, because that's not his experience, that's not how his body works, um, so it's very hard for him to really understand, you know, what my experience is like. I can explain it to him all day long. Um, and at the end of the day, he, he's had to do some work to just accept it, even if he doesn't understand it. Um, and on the flip side of that, I've had to do work around appreciating the fact that he will potentially always be like a lighter person than I will be, quote unquote. He will probably never care as much about the little things that I care about. Um, he will want to do things that require spending a lot of time drinking in large groups of people, you know, or things that I might find um, to be kind of stressful sometimes, like bring him joy, you know. So there are compromises that I've had to make as well, and he has had to make, um, in order to make sure that neither one of us is sacrificing so much for the other person that we're not happy or we're not um, taking care of ourselves or like you know, living the lives that, like, we want to live on a personal level. Mm -hmm. Um, but specifically, a, almost two years ago, not quite, um, his family went through a pretty heavy-duty trauma where his parents have married 38 years, got divorced, like, out of the blue, seemingly out of the blue, of course, you never know, um, but pretty much out of the blue, and it, like, totally rocked his entire foundation for what relationship is you know what I mean he had had this example his whole life I had had this example as long as we'd been dating um mm -hmm. of like long-term partnership and it just the whole thing like was destroyed so that was when we really got into the nitty-gritty together mm -hmm. of um what's important to us and like these personality differences that we had started to have issues with like which manifested in like bickering and um bickering and like miscommunications and misunderstandings about situations and things like that um and I know not everybody does this or would choose to do this but we opted to go to therapy because I felt that we were having such trouble communicating our differences that I didn't know how else to reconcile them. Um, and not wanting to break up. Like, we didn't want to break up. So, mm. yeah. Well, congratulations for you guys for doing that, first of all. Because I know there's so much stigma around therapy still in so many communities. Um and I also think more so for men than for women. Yep. We had to get over that. Yeah. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm like, I really wish that Matt and I had started going to therapy. Um, and I know exactly when. I wish we had started going to therapy right around the time that my dad died. Mm -hmm. 
because I think back to that time and how traumatic it was for me and how ill-equipped Matt was right. to support me in my grief right? and how ill-equipped I was to teach him how to support me in my grief because I was just in my grief. Right. You know, and that was only about a year into our relationship and it really rocked us. And I'm honestly like, it's so interesting to like look at it with retrospect because I think we don't have, I want to be careful with my words. Mm -hmm. My family's far away and I've never felt emotionally supported by my extended family. Um, and when my dad died, that was true. I didn't feel supported. And I also felt like my community here in New York, which at that point, you know, was a lot Matt's family, um, that they didn't really support our partnership and were not available to support me emotionally during that time, which is okay. They're not my family. They don't have to support me. But because of the fact that I did not have a strong support system in New York that was uh, comprised of multiple people, so much of the burden of holding space for my emotions fell on Matt. Right. And again, he just honestly, like, didn't have the tools to handle that. And I think that we both ended up feeling alone. So it's really sad because it's like, it's fine that his family didn't show up for me, but in, in choosing not to show up for me emotionally, they also kind of left Matt out there mm -hmm. alone. You know, yeah. so it's really interesting. And I'm like, God, I wish we'd had help. I really wish we'd had help. And so I really like, I'm so impressed with you guys for making that decision because I know it's a big one. And it's also a financial commitment, which yes. is hard to invest in. Like therapy yeah. for some reason is a challenging thing to put your money into. I know it's interesting where else we choose to spend our money. Yeah. Um, but I will say he, that did not happen immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, right around when his, I guess his parents announced their separation uh, in July of whenever, 2016, I think it was, um, and I think their divorce was final in October, so it was really fast, and right around then, we had like an almost breakup moment, which is when... Um, everything just really came to light for us. But um, I had, before that moment, suggested, because friends of mine had suggested therapy, that we try it just so that we can talk about things more easily, like prior to his parents, like going through all of this, like months earlier. Um, I just suggested it casually, like, hey, maybe we could go to a couple <laughs> sessions. We don't have to go forever. We just go yeah. to a couple sessions, like hash out some stupid shit we've been fighting about, and then call it a day and you know the man in him the Texan man in him you know the machismo the whole thing was like absolutely not um we're not even married only married people go to therapy together like if that's the case we should just break up right now and I mean I I thought he was being so irrational of course um and then it was like the topic that was never spoken of again. <laughs> I was like, well, he shut that down immediately. He was not <laughs> at all available for that. Like, I'm going to put that desire at on the all. back burner. Yeah, no, he, he made it very clear to me that he was not open to that. Mm -hmm. um, but when we were really having problems, like um, that fall, winter, he actually suggested it. Mm -hmm. 
um, which to me was a huge gesture yeah. of his commitment um, yeah. and something that really made me aware of how much um, he valued our partnership and me um, and that you know that's important to me like that kind of respect um, and I don't know I was thrilled so yeah I mean I think therapy saved our relationship if I'm being honest because we we did not have the emotional skills to deal with these things I did not have the emotional skills to help him through his family's you know situation um the experience he was going through he like I'm sure a lot of men um did not grow up with the tools to communicate his emotions basically at all even to himself um he would rather I mean it's like it's so interesting I'm finding I don't want to say this is only men because I think a lot of people are trained to do this but it's like we just would rather to admit that we don't have emotions you know rather than like you have to train yourself to engage with your own emotions it feels like in a way yeah yes um so I think therapy for him first of all it was it was something that really humbled him because you know he had to get over his upbringing and his ego and like what people might think of him and what his the men in his family might think of him and all of this stuff to um to take that leap of faith um but it really helped me understand him better on many levels because he wasn't communicating things to me at all he was just acting out you know um or like getting upset about things he would never get upset about and I didn't understand why that was happening so mm-hmm. yeah. have you guys continued to go to therapy or was it so like a short term we went about three times and he was convinced everything was fixed <laughs> we're healed yeah he was like because we weren't fighting after that and he was like everything's fine we're fixed exactly um and I was like I don't think it works that way our therapist was like it doesn't really work that way but I'll respect your you know decision Um, and then of course, sure enough, like two months later, everything blew up again. Um, and after that, which was approximately a year ago also, um, we made the commitment to really try therapy out. Um, we didn't get extremely regular about it until the last few months because we had been so like, we'll go once a month, we'll go every couple weeks. Like it was kind of, I mean, it was consistent, but like also kind of sporadic um in the timing uh and our therapist expressed that while it's great to come in when we're having problems which is when we definitely made sure to go in you can't really it's really hard to understand what's going on underneath everything if you're not coming in when everything's quote-unquote fine Mm -hmm. as well Uh, when because that's when you're able to examine things from a more relaxed perspective you know you're not like in the middle of it like Mm -hmm. well and also to like be able to pick up on like because I think the energies in relationship they play out both in charged and in neutral ways Mm -hmm. and to be able to begin picking up on the neutral ways in which these subtle energies are playing out between two people which are subtle enough that they're not like cause for a fight or anything but that they're still representing of some underlying 
healing that needs to happen or like some underlying misunderstanding that's fundamentally affecting the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so it's very subtle. Yeah. I'm so subtle. So until you're in the middle of a big blow up and Mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, well now we could have worked on this while the bomb was like counting down, but we've waited till the bomb's gone off. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And now we have to do triage, you know, which is just not, no, that is not ideal. Um, (laughs) Not the ideal way to do therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we've been going, like, semi-regularly for the last year and very regularly for the last, like, three months, I would say. And how do you feel that going regularly for the last three months has, um, how has that impacted things? Are you seeing, are you seeing the results of that manifest? Absolutely. So much. I, I mean, I know I just said this, but I really think if it wasn't for therapy, I don't know if we would still be together. Um... Therapy has allowed us to ground into a reality that I don't think either one of us was aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's caused us to appreciate that partnership is a choice. Um, that's some. That's probably the biggest one of the biggest takeaways I've had um, from our experience in it is that you know we're choosing to be together. Nobody's forcing us to be together. We're here because we love each other, but also partnership is about a lot more than love, long-term partnership. Um, you know, romantically it's all about love, but really it's not. Um, really there's like a very practical side to, to being in a long-term relationship, you know, because you lived with Matt for six years. I think you told me at one time, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we, we were, we were roommates for a year before we started dating. So we lived together six years. We were together like five years and change. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that even come up around just living together. I have a question yeah. on that. Yes. Um, so I have said, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before, but I've definitely said it in conversation a million times that, first of all, I don't know that Matt and I would have dated if we hadn't already lived together because there was a really similar thing, you know how you were saying, like, you weren't initially attracted to hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same with me and Matt, which is part of the reason I chose him to be my roommate because mm-hmm. I was like, there's not a real attraction right. here. I'm not going <laughs> to accidentally sleep with my roommate. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah. <laughs> not that it was an accident to sleep with him. Just that it's not an ideal situation to sleep with your roommate. Right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but the thing that I've said repeatedly, just thank God we were roommates and I had a chance to fall in love with him because it has been one of the greatest experiences of my life. And also there are so many times when I feel like we would have broken up if we hadn't been living together. And like my, like I've always felt really grateful for that because I think that the fact that we live together and that New York real estate is particularly challenging meant that he and I, had to lean in and buckle down and work through some deep things that we might have chosen not to work through if we hadn't had that constraint of our living situation. It's interesting now, though, because we have decided to take this space. Um, And it's super interesting for me because I was in a relationship before with a different man named Matt. (laughs) And in that relationship, there was uh, definitely some really unhealthy emotional dynamics going on and some weird power plays around money and it was just not a good situation and we were living together and 
I really felt like I needed to move out. I felt like living together was creating toxic situation. And I said to him, and this was right when I moved to New York, so 2009, I was like, I would like to move out and see if we can like work through this, you know? And he looked at me and he was like, if you move out, it's over. And I was like, okay, well, there's my answer. I'm 100% moving out. You know, anyone who's going to put that kind of um, ultimatum out there. And it's been really interesting because Matt and I decided that he would move out. And initially, it was like, we're just going to take a break and allow some space because we've never had that from day one. I mean, we went from from being roommates who were friends – and who loved each other on a friendship level to all of a sudden being in a serious, committed, romantic relationship just because we happened to live together, you know? And so when he and I made the decision for him to move out, it was like, we're just going to take a step back and take a break. And I felt so much relief that there wasn't that same ultimatum kind of put on the table. However, what's been really interesting is now we've been apart for like two weeks, I think. I don't know. Time has gotten really weird in my head, but... And it seems clear to me, he and I have yet to really sit down and talk about it, but it seems clear to me that this is not a break, it's a break up. Um, So it's interesting to find myself ending up in the same place ultimately, even though I got here differently. Mm -hmm. So my question is, how has living together impacted the longevity of your relationship. Do you think it has? It's kind of hard for me to speak to that because I, I've i never lived with anybody else that I've dated. Yeah. Um, so I guess I don't know any other way it would be. Um, I guess the question is, do you think that... Do you feel similarly, or have you felt similarly, that if you weren't living together, right. there would be times when you might have ended the relationship? Or has it felt more I solid? don't... I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's more solid than that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, even though we live together, we really don't see each other that often because of our, our schedules um, are quite conflicting. Mm-hmm. Um, our work hours are different. He uh, historically has traveled a lot for work as well. So even though we live together, it doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, we're spending all this time together. That's nice because Matt and I had gotten to a point where we were seeing way too much of each other yeah. on a daily basis, right. to be honest. Yeah, so we don't have that experience. And actually, that's one thing that, that you know, I used to be problematic for me. It's not anymore. But, like, in the, when we first started living together, in the beginning of our relationship, um, I was upset that we weren't spending more time together. I was like, I we live together and I never see you. You know, now I'm over that. It's like, you know, his life's his life and my life is my life. And when we can meet in the middle and be happy in that space, that's great. Um so I don't think so. I don't think that that has necessarily had a direct impact mm-hmm. um, on things. I think on a personal level, um, there are definitely times when I probably would have wanted to just run away and, like, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't not have the conversation with him. You know what I mean? Because we live together. He's yeah. more confrontational than I am, um, even though he doesn't like to talk about his feelings and things. Like, if there's... If there's an actual problem or something going on, like, he wants to hash it out right away, and, and I am not like that. Um, I prefer to not face the problem immediately. <laughs> um, and I think living together 
has forced me to have to deal with things that I probably would have just avoided or, you know, we wouldn't have had to deal with as quickly as we've had to deal with them because we wouldn't be seeing each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel exactly the same except the roles are switched, whereas I'm the, I'm the confrontational one and Matt is the one that was like, maybe I would just prefer not to talk about this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> except the fact that you're making me. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though. Do you feel like you've learned to engage more readily? That's one thing I've had to work on, definitely. Um, we've had to compromise because I, it's, yes, um, I want to, I also want to handle things like quickly. I don't want to sweep them under the rug or anything, but I get so worked up emotionally that like I do need like 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be a day or whatever. Like I need 10 minutes though to deescalate myself. Mm-hmm. I cannot have a rational conversation about something that's going on if I'm feeling really upset about it. I just can't, I really, I need space. Mm -hmm. And so we, we haven't encountered this yet, but we made the agreement that next time we do encounter that situation, that he will suggest that we take some space instead of him like telling me Mm. to go in the other room or whatever, even though I, he should tell me that. Um, (laughs) um, yeah, suggest we take a breathing, you know, 10 minutes or whatever, and then we can talk rationally about whatever is happening. I like that it's a we, not a, not a you. Like, yes. you go take some space, babe. It's like, let's well, both take a little space. I suggested that he just tell me, like, when I need to do that, and he he very intuitively said, if I say that to you, you're going to get really upset with me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you're probably right. Yeah. He's like, it's going to make it way worse. It's going to make it so much worse if I tell you to go cool off. And I'm yeah. like, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> Good thinking ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I wanted to say something. Oh, I've been thinking a lot lately about this concept of taking space, obviously, mm-hmm. given what's going on. Um, and I really feel like I'm coming to this clarity around the reason why we don't take space is because we're afraid that if we take space or if we allow our partner to take space that we're going to lose them. You know, like the thought of Matt, I'm going to (laughs) cry. The thought of Matt moving out is so scary for me because I know how much I love him. And I know that before he moved out, I was at a place where it was like, I'm ready to have your babies. I want to do the damn thing with you. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck if your family's nice to me or not. You know, like, and, um, I was afraid that in allowing that space, not only that I would lose him, but also that I would lose that conviction of, Mm. of feeling sure that this is what I want. And it's interesting because in allowing that space, I no longer feel convicted in that truth. You know, I'm like, you know, maybe... Maybe it's not the right fit, you know, but without allowing ourselves to de-escalate. Right. Because <laughs> that's really what it feels like is that we've taken a step back and we've really de-escalated, um, which is something we haven't, like we have allowed ourselves to do in minor ways. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to living with somebody and taking space from them, what I'm realizing is there were so many things in my day-to-day life that were so tied up in Matt that I wasn't even aware of. Right. And by, like, beginning to extricate those things, it's like I'm getting clear on a lot of things that I've been participating in that don't feel good and a lot of things that I want to be participating in that I have felt like I just logistically don't have space for inside this home if we're right. both living here. Right, right. So I really love... I really love the idea of being in a partnership where 
you create safe space for one another to take space mm -hmm. when you need it. So all that is just to say I admire you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I will also say, though, that when you are living with someone, it is virtually impossible to take the kind of space that you're talking about. Yeah. You know? So to a certain degree, like, yes, we can take these small spaces that we need. And actually, probably luckily for me, he travels, like, mm -hmm. at least, usually at least once a month. Um, so I also have space from him. We have space from each other, which before I used to be really upset about. And now I, I appreciate and, like, look forward to when it comes. Um, I think it's really hard to gain real perspective on any situation when you're literally in the middle of it all the time. Living in it. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. I met a woman and she was telling me that I think once a year she and her, I don't know if they're married or if I think her husband, she and her husband take time apart and it was significant yeah. it was like a week at least which is still not that much time it's not but, that much time um and they also have <laughs> small children but that's they, significant then they take this time apart every year and that the intention of this time that they take apart is to decide whether or not they want to continue on in partnership oh that, wow like, intentionally once a year they separate and they with the intention of being like okay at the end of this week am i going to choose this partnership again right which goes back to what you said about being so conscious that partnership is a choice because i think sometimes we forget that we're choosing our relationships mhm mm yeah i agree with that i mean i for me um the big awareness around partnership being a choice is that i just always had um I had this very romantic notion of like soulmates and like one person walking the planet um, that was just going to be the perfect person, like the perfect puzzle piece for your puzzle piece, you know, um, super, super romantic idea of like what a, what a long term relationship looks like. And I have really overcome that. Um, and come to the realization that, like, I, I believe now that there are many possible partners out there in the world for everybody. And part of that is because it's a choice. I don't think anybody is going to be everything you want them to be. Like, we're humans, you know? Um, and people are changing all the time. So even if they were that way one time in a couple years, they're different, you know? So... I don't know. I think the choice part is really important and something that I was totally unaware of, like, until, you know, the last year or two. Mm -hmm. um, so, I don't know. That's been a big one. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite thing about living with Javi? My favorite thing about living with Javi... This is going to sound probably really silly, Um but I like playing house. Mm. Like, I never thought I would. Um, but I've really embraced, like, the domesticity that we have. That, yes, I could do it by myself. But it's nice having someone there to, to like, cook dinner with. Or, like, have movie night with, you mm -hmm. know? Like, I that's probably my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. Is that we do have very similar views, um about like how we want our home to be so 
I've really enjoyed, like, creating space with him and then, like, being in that space with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can I say one other thing? Yeah. You asked about what, what we were getting out of therapy. And I Mm. think, um, the one other thing besides like choosing to be in this relationship every day that I've gotten out of it that I, I mean, I, again, I don't, I don't know. Everybody's partnership is different, but something I wasn't really attuned to before is that, um, Javi is who he is and I am who I am and while we can always you know hope for growth and development um, and I'm using those words specifically instead of change um, in our partner and in the future you have to be willing to accept them for who they are well and to love them for who they are Exactly. I, I, for me, those are like inextricably linked. Love and acceptance. Yeah, love and acceptance. Um, so you can't say like, I love this person, but I want them to be this other way. Like then it's not going to work. Yeah. So that is something that both of us, I, I think that was a really big reality, like ground into reality shift in reality for us because I think Javi all had this you know notion that I would just change one day for example and like suddenly be really outgoing and suddenly be really excited to like hang out late and like drink beers and like whatever and I've also had to come to terms with the fact that that may never be the case for me and he has had to accept that I am how I am and maybe I'll change maybe I'll grow like or develop into this more outgoing person but I might not and for him it's the same thing like for me with him like I have to be willing to love and accept him exactly as he is today yeah yeah well that brings me back to something that came up super early in the conversation which is the idea of settling and so let me tell you the context um I agree with you 100% and I think that that is probably one of the main things that people kind of like, I don't love this language, but like get wrong in romantic relationship is, is saying like, I love this person, but, or like, I'm going to love this person so much more when they blah, blah, blah. Um, and for me, the thing that's becoming clear is like that again, I'm going to choose my words carefully that I've been doing a lot of work to love and accept myself and to love and accept Matt. And I've been doing a lot of that work on my own internally because we haven't been engaged in some sort of therapy or other like therapeutic modality together. So I've been doing a lot of that work on my own. But since we've separated, what I've realized is like I've been waiting for Matt, for Matt I've been waiting for Matt to become the man who makes clear to his family that I am deserving of respect and that I deserve to be treated kindly. And I've been telling myself, 
like it's okay, he's going to get there, he's going to get there. However, the honest truth is that there's a lot of disappointment around the fact that he's not there yet. Right. Or that it took him, like, actually really recently he did make that clear to his family, kind of like a week or two before he decided to move out. And it's interesting because I feel all this disappointment around the fact that that didn't happen sooner because it could have happened very early on in our relationship. You know, there are subtle aggressions that have been going on um, from his family toward me literally since I met them. So it could have happened on day one. So there's all this disappointment that I feel around having settled for so long in the way that I'm treated. Ultimately, though, that's not about Matt. That's about me. Right. You know, so it's like ultimately the disappointment that I feel is that it took me so long to realize that in that sense, I have really been settling. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering if there's anything that's present for you around, there's like a really nuanced line between I'm loving this person for who they are. I'm accept like accepting them for who they are and where they are right now. And then the flip side of that being like, I'm really settling for less than I deserve here. I don't know if it's settling for less than I deserve. Um, but the only thing that the only compromise that, and it's not really a compromise at this point in my life, but like could be a compromise in the future, um, that may be problematic for me later is the difference in our spiritual commitment. Mm -hmm. That's important. Matt and I have yeah. that too. So I don't know. It's like, I, I'm a very, person I'm a person who's very grounded in like spiritual spirituality not um in a religious sense at all um but you know I practice tarot and meditation and um you know listen to a lot of different philosophy and like personal growth things and have a sisterhood and engage in moon ritual and all this stuff um that means a lot to me and he doesn't need that he doesn't feel that that's something that he needs in his life and at this point like I'm okay with that I have that community in other places and as long as I feel supported in that and that I have community I'm okay with that mm -hmm. now mm. that is something that I am present to though and I'm aware that it might mean more to me later you know but I can't if I dwell on that, it's a problem because mm -hmm. I won't, I'm not living in the present. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as long as it's okay with me, and I mean, it's really okay with me today, you know what yeah. I mean? Like right now, mm -hmm. then it's okay. Mm -hmm. But the second I feel that it is not okay, then we have some reassessing to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's incredible because that just requires such a high level of self-awareness and of honesty with yourself to be able to admit. And I think that's like similarly, like for a long time it was okay with me. Right. Um, but then there was a point at which it became not okay. And I was afraid to make that clear because right. I thought it would mean losing him, you know? And now look where we are. Right. <laughs> so I just generally try not to future project too much. Yeah. 
and think how I will be feeling or might be feeling because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you don't know. Mm-hmm. And if I went down that path, I wouldn't even give the relationship the opportunity. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's taken a lot of work on my part as well to not go down that like, well, in 10 years, you know. Yeah. Well, and that's the most fascinating thing is like being in partnership not only requires so much work with your partner, it also requires so much work within yourself, you know, to be clear of like, oh, I'm future projecting. I need to rein it in. Yeah. Come back to the present. Come back Mm -hmm. to this partnership as it is now. Right. Not like as it could hypothetically be. Right. Maybe (laughs) in five years or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's hard because we're taught to future project. Like, can you see yourself having kids with this person? Right. Can you, you know, and it's like, it's not always the best for our mental health. I also think that even if things were not to work out and you're experiencing this right now, that doesn't mean it was a waste of time. Yeah, 100%. And I think that there's, I don't know if it's culturally, but I think there's something around thinking like, I mean, especially as a woman with, like, our biological clocks or whatever, like, yeah. don't waste your time, you know, yeah. because you only have so long, and if you want to have a family, right. you better get it right. Yeah. And that's You're not getting any younger. Of, right. It's putting a lot of pressure on yeah. us, and also taking for granted the lessons that you learn in any relationship that you can then apply to future relationships. Yeah. You're either going to do the work now, or you're going to do the work later. Yeah. So I don't think that I would ever characterize my relationship with Matt as a waste. Exactly. There's no way. Like I've learned so much. Some of it really wonderful and some of it really painful. Right. Ugh. But relationships. That's a full experience though. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It would be very one sided if you didn't have that range mm-hmm. of emotions and experiences. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing. Yeah, I agree. Relationships are a blessing. All of them. Even the ones that aren't serving us. Even the ones us. that are hard. Yeah, even the ones that we need to let go of. Yeah. Even the ones that aren't in our lives anymore. Yeah. Okay, one more question before we ask our final questions. So I asked what you love most about living with Javi. And then my other Javi-centered question is... What do you admire most about him as a human? I mean... Definitely his easygoingness. Mm. I mean, it's so different than, like, how I exist in the world. Like, he, I've, I've sometimes likened him to, to Buddha because he's just (laughs) very peaceful is, like, the best word I can describe it, like, most of the time. Mm -hmm. He's very steady. Mm. He can be in many different situations with many different people, have many different experiences, and not... He's still rooted in who he is all the time. Mm. He's not, like, blowing around in the wind, you know? Yeah. Um, That's so nice. It seems, like, wise, you know what I mean? Almost. Well, and it's interesting because you mentioned him not having a yeah. strong spiritual anchoring. However, it sounds like there is some that's maybe just not called that. There's so- definitely something in there. If yeah. he was totally unspiritual, I don't think we'd yeah. be together. It just, he doesn't have any practices, I mm-hmm. should say. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's more about his way of being. He, well, and, and that's another thing that's different about us that I can admire in him is that, like, I am a seeker. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly seeking. And he doesn't feel the need to seek. Mm-hmm. He's just content. Yeah. And, and there's, there's something, something to be said for beautiful that. in that. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely something. It's very simple and nice, you know? Yeah. And peaceful. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know either. <laughs> who would know? I don't know. I don't know many people who would know. I'm a seeker for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I want to invite you to close your eyes again. Okay. Take a couple deep breaths. And think about four years ago today, playing skee-ball. Think about the resistance to going to therapy and then the gesture to begin, begin, begin there and there. About all the beautiful domesticity that you have cultivated and created with this incredible partner in your life. And everything else that's unfolded that we have not had the time to touch on because <laughs> I know there's so much. And when you feel really grounded in feeling, share with me in one word what's present. I'm grateful. Definitely grateful. Mm. Um, I'm just grateful to have had someone who's so kind and loving and committed um, to go on this adventure with. Um, I'm grateful for being with someone who has allowed the space for me to exhibit a wide range of feelings (laughs) um, and, you know, personal growth experiences in front of him. I'm grateful for someone who, you know, is so supportive of me and for all the opportunities we've been given individually and as a couple um, for the home that we've created together. And, yeah, I mean, just... Like I said a second ago, like the opportunity to have a full experience with him Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. where it's not just easy breezy all the time, but we've also learned so much. Yeah. Yeah. And if you could go back to four years ago today and speak directly to yourself, what would you say to her? I would say to be open. Um, I would definitely say to be open because I, I have been not necessarily closed, but I, I definitely created unnecessary struggle for myself, (laughs) um, in our partnership by not being open, Mm -hmm. um, to things that are different than what I'm used to, Mm -hmm. um, and for wanting to, like, have control over over the situation or over my life or whatever, um, I would just say be open. Mm-hmm. Loosen up a little bit. <laughs> Loosen up a little bit, babe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, congratulations on four years. It feels Thank like a you. huge accomplishment. Thank you. I'm so excited to see how your partnership continues to evolve and grow and how you both continue to evolve and grow as individual humans even more so. Me too. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say to our people before we get off? Um, if you are in a serious relationship right now, or a not serious relationship, but you are in partnership with anybody at this time, 
Just tell them that you appreciate them because mm-hmm. they will appreciate hearing that from you. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yes. Yes. I second that. <laughs> <laughs> tell them right now. And maybe make it a point to tell them way more often. Yes. Definitely tell them regularly. Do not take them for granted. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for talking to us, Julia. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll put all your info in the show notes <laughs> Great. so people can find you. And everybody else there, thank you for listening. Um, until next time, goodbye. Bye. Bye.